have you ever been in a band where like the van didn't have back seats? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't been in a band. That sounds horrendous. Uh, that, that I thought that was normal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Banecdotes. I'm your host, Phil Paxton, and you're listening to the one podcast that's trying to feature every and all Ontario music, at least all the heavy acts, because I feel like they don't get enough love. You know how I mean? They're not getting played on the radio. You know, they're not they're not getting the Spotify hits that they deserve. And that's why I'm here. I'm the hero that you don't deserve. <laughs> I'm just joking. Hope you guys are doing well. Don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review. You know, give us a good rating there. Follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes. And if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to be featured, you want to be a guest, you want to be some sort of part of the show, just just, just shoot me an email. Banecdotes at gmail.com. All right, let's get this going. Today, you heard my guest is Chris McCurdy. He is the he's the sole writer, I guess you can call behind Red Coat. But I mean, the band members also help a lot. But he's he's always got the ideas and he's always going with it. He's been a member of the music community here in Niagara for quite a while. He's played in several bands, as you hear. He'll list them all off. I asked him to. Um, and yeah, he's he's been a huge support of both my bands. We've played several shows together. I'm featured on one of his songs there, Wet Leather. It's a cool track by them. And yeah, we had a really good conversation. This might be the longest episode of Banecdotes, aside from the new music episodes, of course, um, that I've had. Because him and I, just we just had such a good conversation together. He was really easy to talk with. Uh, him and I, don't we don't talk as much as... I wish we did, uh, outside of shows and stuff. We always used to catch up when he was playing a show, as I was playing a show. Uh, shows. That's where we used to always see each other. So I was really excited to see him, and I, I think, uh, not to speak for him, but I think he was too. I think he was happy to see me. We had a great conversation. So I'll start us off with a tune of theirs. Actually, while we're at it, well, well, I'll play Wet Leather by Redcoat, featuring Phil Paxton.
How's it going, Chris? It's been a minute. It's uh, been a fucking minute. When do you think the last time we've seen each other? <laughs> like physically? Yeah. I think I think I visited you like during lockdown last year. Like at, at work. You were yeah. you guys were open. Yeah. No, I bought the motorhead shirt. I bought the motorhead shirt. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the so yeah, I don't know, sometime last year. <laughs> right on, right on. So I've let the listeners know uh what you do, but tell us in your words your role in the Ontario music community. Uh it's very nothing. I I I'm a uh old uh ex emo guy turned grunge loser i don't know <laughs> I, I i i mean i yeah, i'm bad at talking about myself in that sense i don't know i mean like i've been around for a bit uh started to go on sh- started going to shows probably around like 2003 2004 in welland when it was like <clears throat> you know like the rose city hardcore scene so it would have been like you know the ceremonial snips and uh day and a death wish in these walls like just just that whole time and then getting into Playing drums, uh, you know, a couple of years before that, and then starting a band around then, like around 2005. Um, and then I've just kind of been obsessed with it ever since. Like just, just being, just being around, man. Can't let it go. Won't let it die. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So uh, you produce mixed track, you the whole nine yards with Redco. Um, because you self-produce, I imagine it's a little easier to put out material. You released the double EP, Pulp yeah. and Fiction, in May of 2020. Do you have any more music on the way? We, Corey and I have actually been, like, jamming together and writing together, which has been a big... It's been a different thing because I've been so used to doing it all by myself. And that it's not by choice. It's just kind of by necessity. Like if you've got an idea and you're you're flushing it all out and then you come up with a full song and then show it to the guys and like, yeah, we dig it. Okay. Then we work with that. That's usually what happens. But yeah, we've been, we've been jamming a few pretty cool ones. Hopefully, hopefully in the next couple months, we'll probably have like a song or two maybe out. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how things go. I mean, it's all subject to change really. Cause I mean, with COVID you can do you could put out like 19 albums and it's amazing to do that, but then you can't go out and like play it, yeah, <laughs> play it live. I feel that. Uh, so you and I yeah. have been in uh similar social circles growing up. Uh, I remember seeing now, correct me if I get this wrong, the black masquerade, <laughs> the masquerade parade. The masquerade I, I, w- parade. I wish we, I wish we were called the black masquerade. That sounds way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I always get that mixed up because of the black parade, but yeah, the masquerade True. parade. Uh, I, I remember seeing the last show um, back at L3, um, but we never yeah. actually started being friends until about the uh, around short lives was a band. Yeah. Uh, it would have been like, like eight years ago. So, or so something like that. Um, around then. What are some of the other bands you played in? Oh fuck me! Um, <laughs> uh, I had a list, and I was like, I don't. That seems too pretentious. So first band, well, my first, my first band was a Misfits like cover band. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we were called Minus the Living, and it was actually with. Um, uh, there's nobody that's really like around that we would know. And then, and then I ended up joining, um, met a couple guys from like Jean Vanier. And then, so friend of ours, Tyler, right. 
Um, him and I go way back. So that was like our first, our first band. It might've been his second band or something like that, but that would have been like our first official actually playing shows band. Primetime Tragedy, uh, Assailin, which was like a Sayosin from first to last <laughs> ripoff <laughs> band. And then, then Masquerade Parade from Man and Ghost. There's, it, there's oh, what is it? What was right after that? Oh, Color Color, which actually that's one of the anecdotes I forgot to add about later. We'll talk about that. Thousand Young, Short Lives, Red Coat, and then Doppelgangers. Yeah. Right? We did that. That was the thing. <laughs> so a lot yeah i you know and i mean i i've had like side projects that i've never like officially released <clears throat> that i'll never probably ever release but um those are like the official things that have been a thing did you also play storyteller oh well yeah that's technically masquerade parade but yeah storyteller uh so masquerade parade i that that's such a weird like clusterfuck of like how everything kind of like came about right so for <laughs> Jordan from From Man and Ghost, right? Like they had, and JJ was in From Man and Ghost, and they did all that stuff. And then a bunch of those guys left, and then JJ started his own band, and he wanted it to be like another, like that kind of band. And I forget how I came about being in it. It was like a friend of a friend kind of a thing. Like was like, oh, you should like you sing. Hey, you want to be Anthony Green? Like you should be in this band. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so um, it came about that uh, we did that, and then like I joined that band, and then it, we started playing shows with FMIG, um, with their lineup that they had at that time, and then I got a message from uh, their bass player saying like oh, uh, we really like you as a singer. Like, do you want to be like our singer? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, like I'm in this band that I really like. And this is, it was a really, uh, really weird, like, so then I joined them. And then Jordan, who was in for Man and Ghost, joined Masquerade Parade. So, <laughs> and, then they, and then they changed their name to Storyteller. Um, and then they did a couple tours as Storyteller. And then their drummer quit. Um, because he wanted to like be a Mountie or something like that. I forget what the fuck happened. Yeah. <laughs> like ride a horse and, um, and then JJ's like, do you want to play drums? So I just ended up coming back and joining the band again. So in a way it was, yeah, it was the same band, but just different, uh, different name. Although, you know, Hey, you know, what's funny that new Dave Grohl book that's coming out, it's called the storyteller. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like you've mentioned, you've, you, you're a drummer, but uh, was Storyteller one of the only projects you've played in as a drummer? As a drummer? No, I mean, every band I've been in up until, up until uh, Assailin, really, I was a drummer pretty much. Um, so, like, Minus to Living was my first band. We did, like, a couple Battle of the Bands and shit like that, and that was playing drums on, like, a shitty Westbury kit. It was just this, like, beat to shit. You know, uh, $200 kit that my dad bought for me for Christmas. <laughs> and then a primetime tragedy. I was the drummer for that. And it was the singer, backup singer. Um, I'm so thankful that Pure Volume doesn't exist anymore. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you went to go and find some of those old demos, like, oh, man. I, the music was fine. It was just my voice. I sounded, it was that, like, transitional, like that, oh, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, um, but yeah, every band up until now, 
uh, has been pretty much drumming like color, color, masquerade, or sorry, color, color, storyteller, um, thousand young. Sorry for the burp from it. No, <laughs> almost actually that almost happened too. But yeah, so I, I think it's more bands that I haven't played drums in would be kind of the thing. But most people don't know that I play drums, which is funny to me in a way. But at the same time, I get it because I've never really, you know, in this in this era of the scene, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've never really had an opportunity to be a drummer in a band. So, hmm. yeah, well, that's cool. That's interesting to know. Um, um, what are, what are your, some of your favorite Ontario bands within the last year or so? Like what's got your attention? Uh, well, I mean, like, I love what you guys have always been doing. I mean, even, dude, like, the, the last Sinner release actually was, like, thumbs up, man. I have really dug it. Thank you. Um, the Hellbent stuff, obviously. I know it's you, your pal. <laughs> um, Hearts, obviously, like, I, I can't stress enough how much I fucking love that band. Yeah. Um, like, they always put out just very forward-thinking. Like, it always seems like it's, like, what's gonna be the thing and then they always put out the next thing after the fact right so heavy hearts um i mean i've been slacking a little bit just because they're honestly like the last 14 months just feels like the last 17 years i've been just retroactively like rediscovering old old bands right i've been like like re-listening to like Listen to like the monkeys, man. Like fucking <laughs> cheer up, sleepy Jean. You know, so I, I I never really like stick to one thing, which is um you know a very shitty ADHD kind of uh, mentality. But um just in general, though, I mean, like uh, just yeah, like all the shows that were happening at the time. I mean, um like <clears throat> what was it? Advancing Low Lives put out that new song. I mean, it was new when it came out, like uh, a year and a half ago, but. Um, they did the music video for it. I thought that was really cool with like all the neon faces and shit. And uh, Pete's a dude. Pete's a good guy. Um, yeah. I. Uh, what about you? I uh, actually, yeah. I was. I went to Long and McQuaid yesterday to grab some drumsticks, and I ran into Keegan. Keegan. Uh, yeah. And he he let me know that uh, his band just dropped a new single. Lastly, his band. Lastly, Lastly. yes. Fuck. Yeah. They're sick, man. Yeah, super sick. They just dropped a re- uh, song on. So, I mean, this episode's probably gonna be out probably about a month from now. But uh, <laughs> they dropped a they dropped their uh, song like I think it was Friday, and yeah, super cool tune. If you haven't checked it out, I've dug what they've been doing because Scott was uh, like their drummer played in. Um, well, is it well? He was he's in Doppelgangers, like the project we were doing with JJ and stuff. But like they uh, like he showed me some stuff before. It's it's really yeah. It's it's so like you don't expect it. You forget that there's like other music other than like, you know what I mean? Like in in Niagara, and it's like fuck, man. Like it's so good to see just very um, like clean, pretty, like danceable, like fun music. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, those guys are sick. Totally. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but you are a bit of a cinephile. A little bit. <laughs> what are your all-time favorite movies? All t- oh, fuck. That's a... Come on, man. Mine are always, like, the worst ones, though, because it's, like... <laughs> I've always had this theory. Hear me out if I'm wrong. Okay. That, like, early... Late 90s, early... Sorry, late 80s, early 90s movies 
the sequels for whatever reason always seem to like bury themselves back into your brain a little bit more than say like the originals one so like uh example secret of the use like teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah right? yeah the second one the first one's a classic but the second one just it, it i don't know it's got vanilla ices in it and it's it's so campy and cheesy i mean bill and ted bill and ted one and two um like bill and ted's and bill and ted's uh bogus journey have to probably be in like my top five for sure. I know that's two movies in the same uh, bracket, which. Whatever. But they're the same, but the, it's Bill and Ted. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And like even Wayne's world, like is kind of in a close second behind those ones. Like the Wayne's world franchise. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I love, I love dumb, dumb stuff. I mean, it's going to sound really stupid. Like I really enjoyed the Snyder cut. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you saw it. Did you watch it? I didn't. I didn't. Oh man, I I I don't know. I <laughs> I get it. I didn't even see the first one, so I had nothing to compare it to. I just oh. went and being like, "Oh, this is this is fine." This, I don't understand why everyone hated the original one, but I guess if it was that bad to make a new movie out of it, then sure. Right, and it's like four yeah. hours, right? Yeah, it was like yeah, three hours and fi- basically four hours. Wow. So it was it was a bit of a sit sit through for sure um generally speaking like i i've never been you know i had friends that were uh like that went to film school and were like very bougie about like oh well actually you know quentin tarantino should be doing this and if you reversed it's like no man like i just want to like if it's enjoyable if i'm having a good time you know um generally speaking most of my favorite movies are like either uh you know shitty comedies cheesy 80s 90s uh you know, campy kind of stuff like Face Off, which is such a terrible movie, but it's so fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anything John Cusack's in, let's be real. Yeah. Right. So, what about you? My favorite movies? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably with you for like I actually just love I love comedies. I'm a huge yeah. and 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 some of the worst comedies are are some of my favorite. I'll stand by this. You can chastise this. This whole podcast can chastise me for all they want. One of my favorite all-time movies is Borat. I love Oh, dude. <laughs> but like we we saw it when it came out though, right? Right. You know what I mean? Like like that movie It's funny cuz like I watched it with my ex-girlfriend like the second one and it was like it it almost had like the same impact that the first <laughs> one did. And that's rare for something that's like what, 20 years removed to do another thing and to still almost have like, he could have done some really, really bad shit politically speaking with some people and still do that. Like that's, I don't know. And, and make it also hilarious. I guess the daughter, like the girl that played the daughter in the movie was like nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, since we're on the, you know, sequel topic, did you end up, uh, is I can't I don't know if it's out yet. Did you watch the Bill and Ted? There's yeah. the there's the new one, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I feel like I'm gonna have the same reaction when like the new Ghostbusters movie comes out. Like right. for something that should have happened so long ago for it to be that, like again, Borat's kind of an outlier because it still hit hard uh, in a good way. Like Bill, don't get me wrong, like like fucking 
it was a most excellent movie. <laughs> um, but again, it's it's you're you're getting guys that haven't played those characters in in what thirty years to go back and do it. Um, like Alex Winter, like fucking nailed it. Like it's like he didn't miss a beat. And Keanu too. Like again, it's 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 actually a really good movie. There's a really funny uh, Dave Grohl scene. That's probably like one of the best scenes I've seen like in any recent movie, which is kind of, you know, says a lot for me, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's worth watching. It's definitely, there's just, again, I'm, I'm a continuity guy. Like if you're going to get someone to play a guy in a movie, have them like, at least like look like the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like they had a guy play Jimi Hendrix and it's like, doesn't even look anything like Jimi Hendrix. I'm like, fuck man. <laughs> That's great. As, as someone who uh, has a passion for movies and a talent for art, mm. I'm curious. Have you ever had any interest in making any movies or short stories in the past? I mean, if I had the if I had the time, for sure. The problem with getting older mm. and being like just a fucking... I mean, thankfully, I'm not like a dad with a mortgage or something like that. Like, I feel for those guys that have to do the band stuff, be a dad, own a house, do all this stuff. You know, I li currently live in my dad's basement. So, <laughs> um, so if I had the time to do it for sure, um, I mean, I like the November video. I know it was a very basic idea, but like I kind of directed Jay on like how to do it, and I was like, this is kind of the idea that I had for it. Um, it was very quickly shot together, and we kind of did it in one night. If I had more time to do a lot of stuff, maybe, but I also don't. I don't think I have like the patience to like watch people act over and over again mm -hmm. um i think i think with that being said i would i'd always wanted to be a do like be in a movie that would be fun like i've always wanted to be like oh like it'd be cool to be like the kind of i don't know like a ryan reynolds -y, not like the action star ryan reynolds but kind of like the dopey you know romantic comedy guy or something like that i had a really good idea for a movie um was did I tell you about it? I forget who I messaged. I messaged somebody about it, and it was this grandiose idea um, of like mixing all the things that I basically like and turning it into one movie, <laughs> and like setting it in like in like a local capacity. So if we made like an indie version of it, quote unquote, we would do it like you know like couple meets at uh, at warehouse like at a show and. <laughs> the guy's in a band and the girl is like also in a band and they're playing together. Like they're like, Oh, like, you know, six set, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, whatever. And then they get, and then they meet and it kind of like turns into this sort of like Wayne's world meets um, like say anything meets uh, like that kind of stuff. Like it's this, like, I don't know. It was a fun idea and I, it sounded way better when I, it was like a Seinfeld moment. Like you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, Oh yeah, that's like, that's an amazing idea. And then you start writing it down. And it's like, was it though? <laughs> I've definitely had a couple of those moments. I could, uh, while we're on it, I, I could definitely see you. Would you have any interest in like scoring a movie? I think you could nail something. Like, <laughs> I mean, sure. It's funny you say that because we're actually trying some different stuff with the red coat things. Um, I was gonna, I wanted to send all this shit to you like right before and just wanted to see what your reaction was to it. I would love to do it. It's, um, you have to f catch the beats like in what's visually happening, right? So, usually 
from what I understand, and I could be totally fucking talking out of my ass on that, but um, that you get kind of like the rough or like the final copy of the movie that's cut together. Um, and then you have to kind of like score it. Like, you know, this is what's happening here. This guy's walking. It's like, Ooh, it's ominous. So, you know, obviously movies nowadays, it's just like you could do a movie now because most movies, it's literally three notes, like just simultaneously between it. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be cool. Like, have you ever thought about doing anything like that or? I have never thought of doing something like that. I, I don't think, yeah, scoring a movie, uh, I always have a deep appreciation for, especially like, uh, I mean, like some of the, like, was it the John Williams, like scores, like, right. Forget. Classic. <laughs> uh, like, Annie Elfman. And, and like, and you, and you never really hear any of those kind of like, scores in, in in today's movies like and and, and if you no. do they're all uh like synthetic orchestras and and you, most you of them most of them are like well it's usually like Hans Zimmer who does a lot of like the mo- modern day stuff like i think that's the guy that they get to do like inception like all the christopher nolan movies and mm-hmm. um like like danny elfman <clears throat> is like that's a good example cuz that guy was in a band and then went on to like you know doing every single fucking Tim Burton movie that's ever been made ever. Um, but it, yeah, like, and that's the thing too. There's so many stuff. It, it makes it more accessible to be honest. I mean, even the same thing with making a movie, you could, you could, dude, you could film a fucking movie on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get the right uh, app and I guess there's like, a, you know, you can change the aperture settings like through the app and all that stuff. Like there's a bunch of stuff you can do. It's again, it's just taking the time and thinking, man, I've got the burps today. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just taking the time and just uh, trying to be creative with it. I mean, if you talk to me about this like fucking 20 years ago, I'd be like, well, of course, that's what I'm going to be doing because I'm a young and up and coming guy that wants to do all this stuff. Now I'm just like, yeah, like it'd be cool, but. Like, do I have the time? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's fair. And lastly, before we get into some anecdotes with each other, anecdotes. I know that you're a big Simpsons fan, just as much as I am. <laughs> what's uh? What's some of your? What's your favorite episode? And if you can't pinpoint your episode, what what are some of favorite moments? I sh- I should have knew this was coming. Man, I know what my dad's favorite episode is. <laughs> um, his is Cape Fear. Like the the episode with. Um, oh, with Sideshow Bob like breaking out of prison. Okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> it says "Die Bart, die." It's like no, it's it's German for "The Bart, the." Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that when the, was that when they go on the boat together and he's got to like perform yeah. the scene? <laughs> we sail the ocean blue and it's all sea ships. Of- and that that's the problem with the Simpsons is that you just remember like so many dumb like things like I okay point taken probably like my favorite moment and I don't know why I always come back to it is the uh now to sit down and read one of my old favorites honey roasted peanuts ingredients salt artificial honey roasting agents (gasps) pressed peanut sweepings Mm. Uh oh something's wrong Ow, pointy! You slimy! Oh, moving! Aha! Oh, twenty dollars! I wanted a peanut, and then in his head he goes like, twenty dollars can buy many peanuts. Explain how money can be exchanged for goods and services. You know, like <laughs> just that, that, that. that it, 
it's a scene that I always think about, which is dumb. And also the fact that I literally have a bag of fucking <laughs> peanuts beside me. <laughs> Amazing. It's, it, uh, I can't believe you actually brought up that moment uh, because that's actually one of my favorite episodes. That's when, uh, <laughs> that, that's the, the episode that Bart goes to. The squishy, isn't it? He gets the squishy, but he ends yeah. up joining the uh, Boy Scouts. Yeah. And then they end up out at sea. And like, yeah, that beca- because of that episode, has so many moments like what you just said. That's part of the yeah. reason why it's such a good episode. Fuck it. Yeah, it's when, uh, yeah, Flynn, yeah, that's such a good fuck. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, I don't know who you pixies are, but I like your pixie drink.
So let's get into some anecdotes. Tell me your wildest stories from being on the road, in the studio, or anything in between. Oh, fuck, man. There's so many. Like, I mean, the thing is, too, and you're probably in the same. Like, what? Here's a question. Why don't we do an episode about you, Phil? Hmm? <laughs> you've, you've done a lot of stuff, too. Just, like, reverse it. Be like, all right, listen, okay, this episode's about B, but now we're going to talk about Bill's anecdotes. No, seriously. <laughs> um, I there's so I tried to make a list of just, like, every band that I've been in and what were, like, the craziest moments. And there's a few. There's definitely a few, for sure. The one that probably – I don't want – I might save it for the last because it's, it's, like, the worst but best. Um, but starting off, I mean, like, just – I think just being in a band. I think a lot of people – especially people that listen to this podcast are either like people that enjoy music or people that are in bands. So they get it. Like, it's just kind of like the hanging out with your friends and, you know, someone farts like, and it's horrendous. And everybody is just like, what the fuck was that? You know, um, just little things. Like, I think people are thinking about the big stuff, but definitely the little things are going to be just like honorable mention, the little things, not by good Charlotte, but like the little things, <laughs> as an overall thing of just those moments of being in a band with your friends, I think is probably like the best anecdote to give. And that's probably a very blanket statement. No, that's a, uh, that, that, that's great. I, I, that, that, that's a good one to share because uh, I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of people who are all kind of digging out the, the best stories, but uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Some of those best times of being in a band are just sitting in a van for eight hours, not even talking to each other. Exactly. And that's from Banadokes, everybody. It was nice meeting you. Take care. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, no, I mean, so like early on, um, so especially like back in like 2005, 2006, you know, I peaked in high school. So I was a pretty good looking kid, I think. Um, and we were in an emo band. So you'd get attention from girls and people and whatever. It's fine. So we played a show in uh, when I was in a Salem, and we played at like a high school in the middle of nowhere. Like it was somewhere like either Jordan Station, like a, like an area in Niagara that like you wouldn't think to go to a show to, right? And we played this uh, like literally it was like a high school prom, pretty much. Like that's what it felt like. <laughs> it was like the end of the year, um, and we're going up there was another band that was doing like emo stuff at the time too and it was kind of like more they were more like story of the year kind of like a little bit more produced sounding mm -hmm. so anyway like i've always had the tendency of being the guy that was in like two singer bands if you notice <laughs> yep um which is it take it as you will like dance gavin dance is i think one of the better modern era like that kind of music uh of that genre but it is tough to kind of like focus as like a show goer to be like what who am i looking at which one am i looking at what's going on here <laughs> you 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 no so yeah anyway we're we're playing this show and uh you could tell so there's just these two girls like staring at me and the other singer like we're just like doing our thing and i'm like eh, like just doing the high high voice stuff and um th like these two guys are like just giving us like the shittiest looks the whole time and we're just like, I'm like, what the fuck, man? So found out, obviously, it's because, like, their girlfriends were like, oh, like, these guys are cute, like, whatever. And, like, and they're like, whoa, whoa, well, gosh, me, man. You know, like, they're like these, like, picture, like, a guy that would drink, like, copious amounts of Monster Energy drinks and drives probably, like, a Ford pickup truck. <laughs> like, 
you know, oh, yeah, I, I love Nickelback. Like that kind of guy then, like in high school. So probably still not as bearded, but still looks the same. Um, <laughs> doing that kind of stuff. Anyway, gets to the point where like one of them throws a bottle like right at like our other singer, like Mike in the face. And he's just like loses his shit, jumps over the fucking thing and just starts beating the shit out of this guy. Uh, so I was like, I'm standing on stage being like, are we still going? I don't know. I, I was like, first time I've ever witnessed like a fight, like at a show for me. And I'm sure there's probably a million of these stories. Like is, you know, you've probably dealt with guys fighting in mosh pits. And that that's the scary thing about hardcore shows too, is because I remember when slam dancing first started happening around like L3 and even like the <clears throat> Lions Club back home in Welland, where it'd be like, no one knew what the hell was going on. So you didn't know how to react to some kid windmill, you know, doing their thing, doing their little dancey dance. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I'm, fuck, man. I don't know how many fights I've seen. <laughs> just again, just as a guy at a show, like just seeing how many, you know, mosh pits break out. And like, there's always that one unfortunate, like small girl that gets like knocked out and you're like, Oh fuck dude, that sucks. And you want to be there for them and all that. And you can't because then all of a sudden there's like a million people jumping on somebody else. And it's just like, well, anyway, going way off topic. But yeah, so anyway, <laughs> at that, at this, at this particular show, that happens. Fight breaks out. Fucking um, our guitarist dad was like six foot nine and just like a tank. And he's grabbing us and picking us up and putting us away. He's like, you guys got to get out of here. Like all this stuff. So anyway, cut to like we're loading out at the end of the night. This was like a couple hour, hours later. And uh, we go, and it turns out like those two guys had pissed all over our van. Oh. <laughs> Which, again, probably deserved it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't the one that jumped off, off the stage. It is what it is. Right. So that's probably, I don't know, the weirdest one that happened younger. Right. Um, a lot of that, and, and and when a lot of that is happening when you are younger, you don't necessarily have those instincts you do when you're older to be like, this isn't going on. You're kind of just standing there because I've I've had similar scenarios where I'm like, I should be doing something to help, but I don't yeah. know how, so I'm just gonna stand up here. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I fuck. I remember uh, the Norma Jean show recently, like last year or two years. Well, fuck, last year, two yeah, years yeah. ago, three years ago, whenever it was. That other dimension when things were normal that we lived in. <laughs> but I remember, like, it got to the point where, like, you, you, you could see something was going to happen. Nothing did happen, but it got, like, right. But it's like, man, like, you know, I get it. I'm, I'm a big guy. Like, I'm 6'3", you know. Like, it's like I've never had to worry about being in a fight or anything like that. So a lot of these stories aren't me, like, being like, well, I was tall and everyone was afraid of me. So then I just got to walk away and it was fine. <laughs> um but you see, like, you know, it's like there's, like, always that, there's always that guy that gets, like, pushed on, like, in a mosh pit. And you're just like, man, or picked on. And you're like, that's, that's, stop. Like, you don't have to be the only guy running around the pit when everyone else is trying to stand. I get it. You know, some shows, it's a little, there's a little inactivity sometimes that you want it to kind of go a certain way. But, um, you know, you don't want it to also turn into a giant clusterfuck either. But, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. Right. But uh, so that's that's the only thing I could really think of from like early on, um, which is not even that good of a story. So I wish I had something more entertaining. I mean, I know 
I know uh, my old singer one time when I was in another band um, accidentally, or no, someone planted a joke on him by they actually put mushrooms, like mushrooms in his sandwich. And he showed up to like practice, like just fucking spaced out. And we're like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know, man. I think someone gave it to so It's like, it was like the, the turkey's a little dry. <laughs> ah, Simpsons joke. But, uh, you know, that kind of shit. There's nothing. I, I lived in a, a middle-ish class, not bad side of Welland. So I didn't get to see a lot of like the weird stuff. I mean, I've seen all the underage drinking shows and like that. Cause like I was in them, like <laughs> I was the 17, 16 year old kid going to the shows being like, Oh yeah, I'll have a sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. That's that. Um, are we going band by band or that's early. And then, then everything changed really when uh, I joined FMIG. And I know some of you that are listening are like, oh, here goes Chris talking about fucking for Man of Ghosts again. Sure. Um, for those of you that care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a band that I had a lot of fun in and I, we did a lot of cool stuff and uh, it ended abruptly and I wish it didn't, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, right? Like things just happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, no, for Man of Ghosts was definitely a, uh, an eye opener to a point. So the first show I ever did, the first show we played was at this place called like Jay's Club, I think, in Brantford. It wasn't Club Envy. It was like the other Brantford venue, right? And it was like stacked bill. It was like us. It was us. No, it was uh, Dead and Vine. <laughs> uh, Sydney was playing that show. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is like, it was, I remember being like, oh, fuck, this is awesome. Like, I love these bands. And there was some other band that was opening. Um <laughs> So this guy at the end of the night was trying to, he was complaining the entire night about how they didn't get paid. And I'm like, I'm just happy to be here, man. Like, you know, this is fun. <laughs> and it got to the point where at the end of the night, when everybody was loading out, this dude fucking uh, went to go punch the promoter. And this promoter looked like he was like this jacked dude with dreadlocks. <laughs> and we're like, I wouldn't do that, man. You're like a hundred and fucking you're like a hundred pounds soaking wet. Like this kid was right. <laughs> and he's going after this dude. And then like, I don't know. It just, so that happened again, first show and like a band that I was like stoked about joining. And then that became a thing. And I don't know. Uh, then we had like, again, another fight breakout in another show when we played in at like Holy Joe's in Toronto, RIP. Most of these venues don't exist anymore either, which sucks. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, fuck, what was that one in um, uh, London? The just one that closed. just closed down? Yeah. Oh. I forgot the name of it. People are yelling right now. That's fine. I know. <laughs> and I'm not going to use the internet and check. But some of my favorite shows, that place had such a good sound. Call the system. office. Call the office. As soon as I'm saying that. Classic venue, right? Like everything, you know, it's just like. Now I'm just, this should be uh, an in memoriam to all the wonderful venues that we all used to play at. Um, 2020, 2021 can go fuck itself. <laughs> now, uh, being on the road and uh, being in bands, you know that 
it, it's well at least within the last couple let's just say the last decade gear sharing has been a big thing what yeah. has been do you have any gear share nightmares <laughs> yeah i mean everybody has especially as a drummer when you're the drummer you're the one that gets fucked over the most you're either the one that like it's like sick i get to use a five thousand dollar drum kit tonight that's not mine or uh fuck i have to let someone use my five thousand dollar drum kit that's not theirs um <laughs> it turns into that kind of shit yeah we've had a few i mean i remember <laughs> um we've had drummers there was one show where a guy used my kit but had the toms upside down like the <laughs> like the floor tom he had it he's like hey man can i use your kit tonight and i was like yeah that's that's fine sure like you know i've always been that guy after that show i stopped i, I got a little bit more cautious about that i was like sure you can use it but just be careful because <laughs> then at the end like i go then we go up we're after them and i go to play and i'm like i literally was like what the fuck man and he's like what i'm like all the like all the under like the bottom skins are just dented to shit the toms are upside down the fuck the whole, yes like 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 the like not just the floor tom the rack the-, the rack and the floor tom they were both <laughs> upside down like as if it's like oh these ones are clear so that's the ones i should be hitting it's like no the clear coated ones generally are the ones that you don't hit they're the under fuck like jesus it was just annoying do you do you think he didn't play the snare upside down because they have the, 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 the <laughs> <laughs> oh no what there's this metal thing blocking it i probably shouldn't hit that yeah <laughs> oh man yeah gear sharing and especially as a drummer it's the worst right i mean you've you've have you played drums in a band because you've been playing drums lately i haven't played drums lately i have never played drums in a band hmm all right Fair we'll enough. have to change that then, eh? Change it. You fucking. We'll do. We'll do a Misfits cover band. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, we'll do. Only. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what's the worst Misfits lineup. <laughs> like not Danzig, even though Danzig's a piece of shit. Whatever. So I've heard. I don't know personally. Um, <laughs> no, what was that? And even the other guy, even the other singer, like others. Okay, I guess you can't like the Misfits anymore, man. No, Fuck. yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he was like right winged or whatever, right? Yeah, he's like a proud boy, right wing. And I forgot. Apparently, he played locally. Did did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember because I was like, oh shit, I missed the guy that was in like the Misfits. Uh, because no, there was I, I didn't see the post for it, and I saw a video. There was like five people there. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. But I mean again, it's the guy that nobody gave a shit about. Right. That'd be like that'd be like going to see uh Van Halen and then you're seeing the guy that was in <laughs> not Hagar and not David Lee Roth. It's like, oh no, but that guy from that band Extreme, that was the best singer for Van Halen. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. Or uh or that there there was a, a vocalist in between uh Josh Scoggin and uh Corey from uh, Norma Jean. Who was, was that official though? The, 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 he, you just like, yeah. Sorry. No, I know who you're talking about. Like the guy in the uh, Memphis will be late to waste music video, <laughs> even though it's Josh that's on the vocals and then in the Hellfest DVD. So I think he did like one, two. I remember reading about this. Like I think he did one or two tours and that was it. And it was also, yeah, I, I remember not being overly fond of that performance. <laughs> Murder. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's 
get back on topic here. What is uh <laughs> You knew this was gonna happen for the record. <laughs> anecdotes, anecdotes. Um uh what's your go to gas station snack? Oh, uh lately it's been literally like the the uh the meat stick with the cheese. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the cheese, like the one the big one, like the tall one. Yeah. I've been on like I've been on a little no carby diet, as you can see. Fucking white white claws. White claws. White claws. Maybe the maybe they'll sponsor the podcast. If you're white claw representative, if you are listening, um, yeah, sponsor me. To heart to wait, but to hardcore guys drink white claws though? Ooh, that's a good point. Uh no, I think only frat dudes do. Yeah, but okay, but PBR is also that's a that you can have both. Yeah, <laughs> frat, frat dudes and band guys. We can make it. We, we can market it. Market it. White Claw. Like you make it sound like it's like uh, this summer. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Go to gas station. Well, I mean that's that's a given. Just meat sticks with cheese and uh, just a good fucking like a Reese's cup. You can't really go wrong with a Reese's cup. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Reese's. Peanut butter, dude. Like peanut butter. If I could be reincarnated as anything, it would be just to be peanut butter. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know people down in the States call it Reese's pup? Like, Reese's cups? Like, actually, or just like... No, like, actually. <laughs> uh, Reese's? Yeah, Reese's cups. Can I get a Reese's pieces? That kind of, like, pe- that doesn't make sense, because it's pieces. Yeah, pieces. But then, but then they're spelled differently. So it's like I before E, pieces, except after C, whatever. But then Reese's is like two R's, two E's, R E E S E, and then P, whatever. Reese's pieces. R E S P C T. I used to say it. Yeah, I used to say it as, as a joke, like Reese's. Can I get a Reese's pieces? But that. <laughs> The fact that people down there actually say it. I mean, then again, everyone thinks that we sound like Bob and Doug McKenzie. That's true. Right? I mean, fuck, like, well, let's be real, bud. Like, everybody, fuck, oh, fucking hey, bud. Like, you know, like a lot of us do talk like that. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So. Another one that doesn't, I actually saw uh, someone post a status about this. Another one that, uh, of the Canadian language that goes unnoticed is the, no, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, I get it. <laughs> mine's mine's right. I I used to say a. I did say a a lot. I understood that like why I got it. Like everybody says a, right, <laughs> right, right. Now now mine's right, right. Like it's <laughs> right. It's good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, do, no. Yeah. Got- no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> do you uh? Do you got any more anecdotes for us? I mean, there's a list. Are, what do you have a time limit on this? Not really. Okay, that's fair. We're going Rogan on this one, guys. <laughs> Did you know that bonobo apes, when they would come out and learn how to throw a stick, that aliens would come down and they would make you smoke DMT? <laughs> Anyways, Joe I Rogan. love Joe Rogan. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, F makes stories. So, like, Warp Tour was weird. Like, being being a band that none of us have gotten to i mean some of us have but like generally speaking when you're you're it does change your perspective when the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life and you have those moments where you do a thing you play a show or a venue or with an artist and it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doesn't deter you. I mean, obviously, it doesn't deter you from like continuing on and doing it. But like playing Warp Tour was so fucking cool, but so uh, at the same time, like it was just like it was a one-off thing. It was uh, that Ernie Ball about all the bands thing or whatever. And I mean, it was fun. Like, um, but to go there and and tr- they like it's like you're in Warp Tour, but you're not in Warp Tour. So it's like, here's the backstage access. They literally had like two separate backstage access points. <laughs> so you'd go in and be like, oh, this is sick. There's got catering and like all that stuff. And then like you go to like get some food. They're like, oh, no, no, you've got the blue pass. Yeah, you got to wait until everyone else is. I was like, well, that's fair. No, we're, I get that. Cool. Oh, hey, look, there's the, you know, Keith from every time. I'm going to go try and talk to him. You, you walk over and then they go through a curtain and then that guy goes, nope, nope. This is the second backstage. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, so what what do we get to do here? We just get to like just play a show, and like we played uh, at like the opening gate of like when you walk in to the Arrow Hall one, which is uh, and so like literally it's just like people are going in to go see their favorite band, and then there's just like oh here's this other band that's playing that nobody knows, uh, so nobody watched her set, and it sucked because you also because of Warp Tour the way it works where it's all randomized during the day, we played uh at the same time as it was under oath was playing at the same time as us so i was like well no one's gonna fucking watch us like under i don't even get to see under oath like this sucks <laughs> and it was the show that it was like the tour that aaron wasn't on drums that year and i don't know it was weird so uh yeah that um i'm gonna read the list here so those are all like the you thought those stories were good kids <laughs> These are the good stories. Not really. I mean, Thousand Young was such a weird fucking experience. Playing drums in a band that uh, was cool because at the time, like, again, I stopped playing for a while. I ended up being a singer in a bunch of bands, so that was fun to do that kind of stuff. When I joined Thousand Young, basically the premise of that band was just get as drunk as you possibly could and just play and have fun. (laughs) um but most of those shows i probably don't remember one of which being we did a show at burley calling which was like a festival in burlington Mm -hmm. instead of paying us in money or even a drink ticket or two which is fair gas money again for for any for any band that's out there listening um when you when you play a show and like you're like oh we didn't get paid it's like that's fine it's not a big deal you just expect gas money. That's all I really ever asked for. It's like, hey, if it gets me 20 bucks, get home, I'm fine. Not a big mm-hmm. deal. Uh, but if you get paid in $200 worth of drink credit cards for the bar, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> and here's why. Um, you will drink most of it before you play. And... Yeah, <laughs> it was just one of those. It, but again, it's just one of those shows where you get paid in literally like a literal credit card for drinks at that specific bar. That's insane. It was fucked up. $200? Yeah, it was like they gave us, uh, it was 50, 50 bucks each. But like, <laughs> you know, and one of us had to drive. So they divvied it up between, you know, but it was just like, and then they're like, <laughs> we were like, oh, like, hey, there's this drink here and we get that. And then the same bartender comes around with it. And she's like, no, you guys have already had that. So then we're doing like the whole like fake mustache. It's like, no, it's not us. We're like a different person now. 
<laughs> she's like, okay, fuck it. Here you go. So yeah. Uh, you know, that, um, just being under a, a, a record label that is such a, it was so wild West, like blacktop records was such a, like a, a wild west record like wait a minute, hardcore warriors on that label man <laughs> we were on the same record label as hardcore warrior and weedus <laughs> not too many people can say that no that's true that is very true um but the the headquarters that he had it was like just this building downtown welland and just relics dude like just the weirdest coolest shit he had the uh-oh wheel remember uh-oh yeah 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 with, with wink yahoo yeah with the goo when they goo people or slime people. Yeah. 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 He had the, like, you'd walk upstairs and you'd go, there'd be like a bar. And behind the bar, there was like the, the Yahoo. It was literally the Yahoo wheel from the YTV studios. Amazing. Yeah. It was just, again, and just, you know, all these old records and shit like that. Um, and then again, touring with bands that you never thought you'd get to tour with. Like we did some pretty cool shit. Like we played with like Gallows and we played with uh, like Open Hand um, who, for those of you that don't know who Open Hand is, it's like a six degrees of separation. They kind of sound like almost like if Queens of the Stone Age and Caius, like actually were, if Josh, you know, if it was just both of those bands, like Josh Homme's bands became like one band. Um, but the original guitarist and the original drummer ended up going to do Sayosin. Oh, cool. Like, fucking losing my mind. I'm like, man, like I get to, oh, like, how was Bo? And I mean, you, you forget too. It's like you ask a guy, like, hey, how, how was, uh, how was being in a band with those guys from another band that ended up like, you know, doing different things? And he's like, yeah, I fucking hate those guys. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like, oh, like, how, how are those guys in Sayosin? He's like, ah, no, I, how about my band? And I was like, no, okay, that's fair. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just, you know, I, as, as if, if you've gotten this far into the podcast and you're listening, most people are going to realize that like, I just ramble a lot. Um, and that's fine. So I think for some, when you're having conversation with band guys, you kind of deal with that stuff sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, short lives was another clusterfuck short lives. Realistically, like the whole inception of red coat is because of that band. Right. because of short lives like we started the band kind of out of spite which was weird so our bass player at the time like really wanted uh like because so davis and i were in short lives we moved on to do red coat um our bassist at the time like just hated davis for whatever reason um and wanted him out of the band and we were all like no man like no like so then it got to the point where like half the band said yes half the band said no we're like fuck it so we had a show lined up and we wanted to play and because the other half of the band didn't want to play we're like well we're still gonna fucking play the show so we did it as Redcoat and did like you know uh but the funny part about that story is that <laughs> our bass player whipped like literally a full fucking can of dr dew like at my head like in this in this in this argument just like like full on through it and uh later on like a week later like in this house that i'm in right now fucking leaves like a calling card like a can of dr dew <laughs> or mountain dew mountain dew 
I've been saying Dr. Doom. It's the fucking ruin the punchline. God damn it. Mountain Dew on the doorstep, full cam. So then we started calling him Dr. Doom. Nice. Right. Yeah. With like <laughs> D-E-W-M. Yeah. 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 It's the Dr. Doom. That, that's a Redcoat song, Dr. Doom. Ooh, it should be. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like, see, here's the thing. I like jokey titles. To a point, mm-hmm. I love I love jokey band titles or or song titles. For my band, I go like I if if it's enough tongue in cheek that it may like Trash Panda like that's it's it's tongue in cheek enough, but it also kind of sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Doctor Doom sounds cool, but it sounds also like a comic book character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That, this I, is coming. I, go ahead. I was gonna say like I I can. Uh... That's kind of why, you know, I love doing the joke stuff with Hellbent. And then, like, I don't – I keep all, like, the, the cool ideas that I get for, like, Sinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you literally – because, like, you have, like <laughs> – you have, like, two personalities. Like, it's, like, Hellbent's, like, what you are right now. Like, hey, man, like, fucking let's go. Woo! Ah, yeah! And then Sinner, it's, like, I'm going to destroy every single person on this planet with my metal. <laughs> and that's what I'm going for. True. That's fair. I don't think anyone could take me seriously enough if I started like a heavy band. And I mean, that's why like <laughs> short lives was as heavy as we got. Um, but a lot of those lyrics were me just living vicariously through the lyrics. I never mm-hmm. did. I didn't take fucking pills and shit like that. But like a lot of it was just, Oh, what if like every time I die and Motley Crue wrote a fucking hardcore album, let's do that. There you go. There you go. But other than that, I mean, obviously those are all bands that I haven't been in in years. The main things are Redcoat, really. And just to kind of like do a quick, we like touring is touring. Everybody does a tour, an actual tour. Most of us do the tour where it's, we do the Ontario circuit and the mm-hmm. Montreal circuit. And that's still technically a tour for sure. Um, but I mean, like probably the, the weirdest things that have happened in, in, in Redcoat have been, um, I, I think I saw a guy die. I'm 99% sure I saw a guy die on the highway. I couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> so <laughs> we were driving back from like Windsor or Barrie or something. Like we played a show and it was like four o'clock in the fucking morning. And we're on the QE, like heading back to Niagara and um, driving. And then there's just like this truck ahead of us. And next thing you know, the guy's just, just swerving. Not swerving, just like a complete, like, I think I'm just going to turn this way. Like, just, you know, all the way, just drove right into the fucking stanchion. Oh, wow. On the highway. And there was, like, three cars on the highway. It's like, what do we do? We just kind of kept, like, everyone else stopped. I'm like, all right, bro, I don't know. Fuck. But, yeah, scary shit. You see yeah. that? Kinda, I'm sure you've probably seen some weird fucking shit driving, though. Uh, not too much weird shit. Have you ever been in a band where... Like the van didn't have back seats. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't been in a van. That sounds horrendous. Uh, that, that I thought that was normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like we, so, <laughs> like every band up until Redcoat basically was that. <laughs> that was the funny thing. It was just like, just a bunch of like, you know, like that scene, the opening scene in Men in Black where there's just a fucking bunch of guys just sitting in the back of the truck. Like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, we, we almost, I, I pray to God uh, that we didn't do it, but cause we didn't, um, we had a, we had a full tour lined up to go like all the way to like Manitoba 
and then back. Um, this is what I was in masquerade for. This is like my first like quote unquote actual band, whatever, like first tour. It was like the first tour we had. I was like, oh, this is it. This is exciting. We didn't have the van. They showed up with the van. <laughs> And this is the middle of winter. We're doing a, like a tour all the way to fucking Manitoba. And they come and they show up with the van. There's no seats in the back of the van. <laughs> and they're like, what are we supposed to do? They're like, oh, no, you can just like sit, sit in the back. It's like, what about all of our gear? Yeah, no, you can have it in the back too. It's like, dude, we're going to be like, we're literally going to be driving up like mountains. From what I understand, to like get to Manitoba, you got to go like all the way up like this, like winding road to go up and down and around that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, that's not happening. I wanted to happen, but I don't know, man. I don't want to get cry. I don't want my last words to be like someone's like, oh, man, did you listen to that Thursday song? And then crush like from like an old, you know, JCM 500 or something like that, 900. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, sorry, my dad's there. <laughs> um, just weird shit like that. You know, you know who you should have on the podcast. I'm just thinking of guys like Blake. Blake, Blake would probably have some. Fuck, good Blake would have. Blake would be like that. Would be the gold star episode because he would just talk about like every. I don't even. I will. I have enough stories with Blake, and like those are fucking. You know his and the shit that he's done outside of that's obviously like nine million times better. Um, like I've lost my voice on tour. Like we had like a, a string of like four shows in a row that were pretty important shows. Like we, we had like Canadian music week. Uh, we had like another showcase show in Toronto. So we had like two sh Toronto shows. We had a Niagara Falls show. Anyway, um, of course my body decided to just go completely mute mm -hmm. for my vocal cords for like the, that the day of. So I was just hopped up on, hopped up on goofballs. I was hopped up on, <laughs> <laughs> um, like cough medicine like the entire fucking weekend and then like that's got to be the worst thing as a singer is when you're trying to like even screaming sucks when you're sick yeah like just like that it's just the tearing of like the throat and you're like oh just like let this be over please <laughs> and you've probably dealt with that too right like a couple like, times yeah yeah it sucks vodka can't fix all of it right <laughs> no 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 well, you know what? I think uh, I think we'll wrap uh, wrap up this episode. <laughs> okay, okay. This is what I did want to lead up to. One more thing. Okay, van yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done Van Wars? Van Wars? No. Van Wars. You know what Van Wars are? I don't know if this is like a dated thing, or if it's something that doesn't really. So Van Wars is when you go on tour with another band, and the goal of the of the thing is to whoever washes their van first loses. Okay. <laughs> right. So basically whoever has like the dirtiest fucking van wins, like kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so if you wash your van, then you lose. Uh, we were, so first tour ever did with for man and ghost. We toured with this band called Syracuse me from B from PEI shout out KG. Um, and it started off where we agreed to the terms we get on the highway. I decide to throw, this is a bad idea. Again, I was 17 at the time. So apologies. I threw like a full bottle of freaking like orange juice like out the window on the highway. It hit the car. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, like, whatever. And it was we laughed about it. So the what had ended up happening at the very last day of tour uh on the East Coast leg like, when we were heading back and they were staying, we had this like this, like a jar of peanut butter, 
but like an actual and don't ask me why i have a jar of peanut butter <laughs> it's just peanut products all um and we had like the industrial size one like the big like tour or whatever like the you know the and uh no we never used it the entire tour like nobody ate it this is like two weeks into the tour like okay whatever sick bring me the Ryzen poster by the way i just saw that you like that eh? thank you yeah suicide season anyway so we take i literally just scoop my hand into the peanut butter thing and just start smearing it all over their van <laughs> like on the outside all on the outside on the windows on like the door handles like just <laughs> it was oh man and this was the middle of summer too right so it's just baking Mm-hmm. they were playing their set i snuck out during their set did that they came, we came out to do the loadout and you just hear their singer go like what the fuck <laughs> so yeah needless to say we won van wars because they were basically forced to have to clean the van um i don't know if that's a thing i there was like one of those because again a lot of the traditional stuff you kind of hear about like from hearsay so i had heard that from a couple bands mm-hmm when I was a kid. So if that's not a thing anymore, fucking Van Wars, bud. Let's make it a thing. Yeah, you heard it first. Van Wars on Banecdotes. Sorry. Cat. 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 But yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's great. That was a good Banecdote to end with. Uh, Van Wars. So yeah, fuck yeah. Right fuck on. Yeah, bud. Thank you for uh, joining me today. That wraps up uh, this episode of Banecdotes. Thank you for taking the time to do this with me, bud. Dude, uh, all the time in the world <laughs> I would give to you, Phil. Oh, you're too kind. Where can the listeners find your band social medias at? Um, so we are on Twitter at redcoat underscore music, uh, redcoat905 on Instagram, redcoat905 on Facebook. Uh, we are on every single fucking streaming platform known to man, so you can even find us on Napster. But no, generally speaking, we're on... You know, Bandcamp, uh, this is Redcoat. What is it? Yeah, this is redcoat.bandcamp.com, which is always the weirdest one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Deezer, uh, Jeff Bezos' bathroom. Like anywhere <laughs> our music is available, it's there. So I appreciate you, uh, you having me, man. It's always fun. Awesome. So we'll end the episode with Eclipse Meme from Redcoat. Thanks for doing this. Thank you.
Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Banecdotes. That was my conversation with Chris McCurdy of Redcoat. We had a good one there, as you could tell. <laughs> the tune that I played in the middle there is called Rain, and it's off of the double EP that they released, Pulp. And the last tune that you just heard there, Eclipse Me, is off of the second EP, Fiction. Pulp and Fiction. What do you know? couple EPs named after some cinema. <laughs> right on. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Rate and review. Follow us on Instagram. Check us out on our Facebook. If you want to be a part of the show, shoot me an email. Banecdotes at gmail.com. Take it easy, folks. <laughs>